0: Thank you for listening to the Healthcare Podcast with Dr. Kay and Lindsay, where we aim to uncover the myths of modern healthcare to help families discover cost transparency, improved access, and innovation. Dr. John Kaiser is a practicing OBGYN and the president of Salser Health. And Lindsay Heiner is a healthcare advocate and a mother of four kids. Now, let's talk healthcare. Okay,
1: welcome once again to the Healthcare Podcast with Dr. Kay and Lindsay. We're excited to be here. You know, we had our first episode and we talked a lot about healthcare here in the Valley. We talked a lot about the past of healthcare, talked about a lot about the future of healthcare, and talked through some of these transparency with costs and things like that. So there was, there was a good discussion, right, Dr. I K? think it was
2: great and it's good to see you again, Lindsay. Yeah, Sounds yeah. it's great to... Continue the conversation, I think.
1: Absolutely. So I'm so excited about our guests that we have today.
2: Absolutely. We
1: have a primary care physician with us today that you've worked with. Do you want to introduce our special guest?
2: So uh, it's my privilege to uh, talk today to one of the great family practice providers within our clinic who's been there for over 20 years, uh, Dr. Wendy Sigurzma. Wendy, welcome! And, thank uh, you, John. Uh, and, and first, amazing. I want to thank you for being with Salser for uh, for all of this time and providing all the great care to patients. It's it's really tremendous that we have at Salzer so many great physicians like yourself uh, who have kept us going and kept the community as healthy as we possibly could through uh, through all the time. So, so well, thanks again.
0: You're welcome, and and it's such a privilege to work with patients and in caring for them and and trying to make them healthy. Awesome. Yeah. So tell me, is that what, what got you into medicine?
1: When did you decide, you know, I want to be a doctor?
0: I s- started thinking more about doing that when I was in high school, I was actually born with a club foot. I don't know if people know what that is, but it's, um, Tilipis and, um, so I had a cast on my foot when I was a baby, and I had a relationship with a orthopedist then, um, traveling to see them, and um, it just made me interested in health. And my mom had been a nurse in the Netherlands, and so she um, talked about healthcare, doctors, nurses, and I just thought it was a a wonderful way to um, interact with people and to help people. Fantastic. So tell us more about your your background, your story. I mean, were you in the Netherlands? and then you No, came? I was, my parents were both um, born in the Netherlands and they were there during World War II. They were between the ages of 10 and 15. And then my father's family, who had wanted to immigrate before the war, but were stuck there once World War II actually started, they were finally able to um, immigrate in the late 40s. And then my mom came later, more traveling as a young person, um, a nurse with a family acting as a nanny and um, ended up meeting my dad. And then they stayed in, that was in Southern California. And um, my dad's family then started in the dairy business. And um, then, um, so I grew up in Southern California on a dairy and then, um, decided on medicine and went to Loma Linda University Medical School and then did my residency at a Kaiser facility. Okay, and what brought you to this area? What brought you to Idaho? Well, my um, my husband, I married my husband while I was in school, and he also was interested in the dairy business, and as California grew and became too crowded, um, he wanted to see what could be found in other areas of the country, and um, he wanted to come to Idaho. And so we came and then later my brother brought our family dairy up here. And so we're in partnership with there. So a
1: dairy farming family. Yes. That's exciting. <laughs> that's awesome. So being in Idaho, what have been some of the favorite things here in the state that you've seen or anything that's been surprising to you here in Idaho?
0: Well, Idaho has been beautiful as far as the open lands and the, the mountains and the um, all the activities outdoors. And it's been a great place to, um, raise our children in the community of Nampa where we live and, um,
1: Do been they able to be involved.
0: Yes. Um, our, our son now is working with my husband and, um, family with the dairy. Um, they grew up sometimes working on the farm. Yeah. That's
2: fantastic. That's, That's great. Fantastic. I, I actually didn't know all that history. That's pretty impressive uh, <laughs> on your background and stuff. So uh, you've been with Salzer for how many years now?
0: For um, twenty-one years.
2: Yeah. What What would you say um, has been the, you know the, the challenges uh, as we've kind of moved through the twenty years of of our practice uh, in the Nampa community? Uh, Have you seen changes in the way you have to provide practice or any, any perspectives on, 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 on that part of your, your life?
0: You know, it has changed quite a bit. Um, when I started, we still did a lot of hospital work as family practitioners and I did, um, I practiced, um, OB. In fact, I did, I did deliveries as part of family practice. Oh yeah? Yeah. And, um, so I was thinking as my kids were young, sometimes like going to rounds on the weekends or so they would come with me to the hospital or, or to the nursing homes when I had nursing home patients or, you know, that type of thing. Um, now I don't do the, um, OB deliveries anymore and, and we don't do hospital work much anymore. Um, it's changed to more using hospitalists. Um, and so it's more office work. Um, and then we've also seen the changes um, with Salzer um, changing of, partners. Yeah,
2: from a business perspective, it's been a mm-hmm. lot. A lot of changes. Yes. Yes. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: and going to electronic medical records—that's yeah. um, really changed a lot. Yeah.
2: And what about the fundamental relationship with the patients?
0: That really has not changed so much, yeah. um, and that's been what's nice through some of the changes that are going on when you have the come into the room with the patient and you start you know seeing what they're there about talking about their health that has not changed as much um there's still a lot of the same concerns although patients are somewhat more um what should i say self-educated sometimes not in a correct way you know through the internet so um sometimes it's changing misconceptions instead of um Giving the information. So, how do you build that
1: doctor-patient relationship? You know, how do you, how do you get there and build trust?
0: It's definitely a process. Um, you know, the first time someone comes in, it's more um, you know a getting to know them, um, finding their medical history, finding their family history as far as medical um, care is concerned um, or medical problems, and um, and then you know, seeing them back again. And, um, you know, year after year, um, I think that's how that trust yeah, so it's, is you're,
1: built. You get to know their family, right? I mean, right, you get to know their full right. story and that, that's probably an important part of medical care.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what type of patients do you see in your clinic? Um, all ages. Um, Oh really? As family practice. Yeah. yeah you can see all ages. Um, when, you know, when I stopped doing obstetrics that, um, lessened the amount of babies, you know, I tend to see, but still, um, still all family ages, lots of times, um, you know, some, some kids will come when they're done with their pediatrician and start seeing a family practitioner then. Um, yeah,
1: but. well, you know, I've had four babies and I always mm-hmm. am really, you know, good of regimented bringing them in for all their, you know, immunizations and all their regular scheduled appointments, but I think maybe I'm not (laughs) as good as I should be beyond that Mm -hmm. point, you know, beyond my, you know, the baby phase, Mm -hmm. you know, should people still be, you know, touching base with their primary care physician when it's, you know, at all stages.
0: It's, it's definitely a um, problem, I guess, that we see that, once the children enter school, usually, and they're done with their first set of, of immunization, you know, first series of immunizations, that we don't seek children um, as often for wellness visits. But it really is a good idea. And insurances are promoting that, too. So I think, you know, it's it's a. Um, a good a good way to um, see if there are any medical problems that, that aren't being, you know, uh, addressed or, um, known about.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We talked a little bit about this, uh, uh in our last episode and the importance, uh, and tried to talk a little bit about the importance of trying to identify to patients, the importance of wellness and having that relationship with their providers mm-hmm. to identify potential problems as they come up and not wait until you get to the, the severe episode and stuff. So, right. so it, it, it is challenging. I, I think you would agree, uh, uh on that front. Um, what, any, anything you've tried that seems to help with it or is it just a, depending on the patient and, and their, uh, availability to, to come in and see you, but anything you found that helps work with that process?
0: Trying to, um, for myself and my medical assistant, just to remind them to come the next yeah. time again. Yeah. Um, And um, I know everyone is busy and parents are busy, you know, two jobs um, and kids are busy in school. And so it is hard to find the time to bring them in for their wellness visits. But I think that there's a a lot of value that can come from them. And then for adults um, also, I mean, there's... There's so many um, things as far as diet, exercise, medications, supplements, um, family history, all those things that can be talked about and questions answered.
1: Yeah. So what are some of the conditions like happening in late childhood that uh, could be missed or could, you know, be potentially preventable if they're they're coming in for their wellness visits? Often
0: um, kids... Like through school or um or in family life, they're just kind of shuffling along and and people are busy and they're not noticing some of the things that might be cropping up and so sometimes um obesity, eating disorders, um, lack of exercise, possibly depression, anxieties as as um life gets. More stressful it seems um, high school age kids seem to have a lot of um, troubles with um, self-esteem you know and anxieties and and depressions so how do you um, how do
1: you treat these patients and give them the encouragement and the direction that they need for some of these issues for example uh, childhood obesity how do you help them you know go in towards a different direction and make improvements in
0: their life yeah. mostly it's it's not so much saying you're overweight, you need to do something about it, but, but trying to encourage, um, healthy eating, trying to encourage, um, eating vegetables, trying them again, even though you didn't like them last time, um, trying to encourage physical activity, games that are physical instead of, you know, sitting, um, at a computer screen, um, you know, just, um, yeah, trying to no that brings up a point those. of
1: as far as like screen time with kids and things like that is, are, do you have, are there recommended amounts of
0: screen time that kids should have? Is that something that we, you know, yes. studied or thought yes. about? Yes, there's yeah. um, the recommended time is is less than an hour a day. Well, and you know that that's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're yeah. all just kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: that doesn't, that isn't achieved very much anymore, no. is it? But no, no. It, it, but, it, but it's important uh, mm-hmm. to identify those things as, here's, here's we know some of this, uh, is detrimental if you continue to expand that and having that conversation with parents and and with Mm -hmm. the the children, uh, that that's gotta be very challenging for you.
0: Oh, it is. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, the parents are busy and, and we've all done that at times where you just kind of set the kids in front of the TV, but, um, that, Can eat up an hour very fast. Oh, sure.
1: And is that is that a challenging, hard conversation to have with parents? I mean, because it probably is something where the whole family maybe could be involved and could be supportive in making changes, right? I mean, because if the whole right. family moves in a more healthy direction with nutrition right. and with activity and exercise, that's going to pull along the children and make yes, and yes, make everyone move, right?
0: Yes, it it shouldn't be. Re- you know, one person's responsibility to make sure that doesn't happen, but but to have a plan for for getting the whole family out exercising and and thinking of new activities to do.
1: And is I don't know, I mean you hear like, oh, they still have their baby fat, you know, with kids. So like at what point do you start to worry that there might be a problem?
0: one of the things at the wellness visits are the growth charts and it, and they can show, um, you know, height and weight and BMIs and it can kind of show when, um, a problem might be starting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, I think that's one of the hardest things we have to deal with in, in our community. We're talking about population health and the importance of it. And when you go to the children and, uh, obesity issues and trying to get that behavior changed is really something that, that, we know is important. We need to focus on more mm-hmm. and it's a difficult problem to, to try. to. It address.
0: is. And, um, you know, diabetes too is seen type yeah. two is seen in, in teenagers now sometimes. Yeah. Um, and that never was before. Oh, yeah. let's talk more about that. So, uh, why do you think that is, um, less activity, more obesity, Yeah, yeah. Poor, um, poor diets. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, and even in, in the communities, you know, there's, there's less, uh, extracurricular, extracurricular activity that children are involved in. So, so then they don't have that motivation. And then the other with the screen time that's taking over where they used to Mm -hmm. be active in those times, they have something Mm -hmm. else to do with all those hours of the day, which is all part of the society we live in.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if patients come in with a type two diabetes, um, type of an issue at a younger age, uh, you know, how do you help them?
0: What, what are the, again, um, you know, working with them on, um, diet and exercise Uh and often seeing a nutritionist to get some ideas, a dietitian. Um, and then, um, you know, there are medications that, that we use. Okay.
2: Yeah. I think the other area that, that I think is really, um, challenging and, and needs additional support is, from the mental health perspective. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to, uh, we've added mental health providers into our clinic, um, a limited extent. And I think that's an area that we need to continue to focus on because it's such a need, uh, especially for younger adults Mm -hmm. children. And if you Mm -hmm. can, if you can identify the problems early, I think you can uh, really make an impact on their lives. Um, have you seen much of the mental health problems in your patients?
0: Oh, definitely. And like I said, in even sometimes middle school age, high school age, um, and one of the things that, at, um, Saltzer that has really been beneficial in family, in the family practice area is we have a social worker now that, um, we can bring into the, um, room and introduce, and then she can spend time also, um, talking with them and, and trying to help the the kids and the, and the parents as oh, well. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so then if the, once they introduce this issue and you know about it at a young age, you have somebody right there to give the help mm-hmm. and direction, mm-hmm. additional direction. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. We hope mm-hmm. to expand that whole team care process because it's so important. It's, you can't deal with all issues, um, by yourself from right. a, just from a time standpoint. Mm-hmm. So there's many other support systems mm-hmm. that we need to incorporate. And we hope to continue to expand that. We've done much more even in the last couple of years than mm-hmm. we've had for a long time. Yeah. So I think that's really an important focus area for us at Saltzer and for primary care
0: mm-hmm. and
2: healthcare overall in the Valley. So we hope to continue that process and find better ways of doing it. Some of it's limited resources or it is mm-hmm. hard to find some of these uh, people who work in those areas, but, but I think we can, um, I think we can enhance that in the future.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, nice. So let's talk a little bit more about that um, mental health and is it, Is it starting at a younger age now, some of these issues, the anxiety and the depression? Are you seeing that it is starting sooner?
0: It seems like I'm seeing it more often. And I think it's partly just because of the teenagers. They're going through so many changes anyway. And then there's a lot of pressure with um, social media and um, being liked, you know, and... um, um, unrealistic expectations of appearance or numbers of friends or that type of stuff yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh so, oh go ahead i'm okay
2: uh, <laughs> uh so one other area that i would i in my own career have been 20 years um seeing the generations of patients we were talking about this a little earlier you must have the same thing It's kind of unique isn't it to see families as they grow and then see their kids?
0: It is, it Uh, is. It's so fun to, um, see the kids that I delivered and now, um, you know, they're starting their families and, um, often I see their grandparents as well. And, um, you know, over the years I can think of just, um, just some special people that, that were my patients, you know, for a long time. And, and, um, well and if they started with me in their you know late middle ages and then they go into their elderly years and and um seeing them through declining health and 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 dying even um but seeing them trust and having the discussions about end of life and and just knowing what they feel good about you know how they want that to go. And it's, it's um, been very much of a privilege for me to do that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We were talking about that earlier. I think that's so uh, such a great part of our profession and is the trust that we Mm -hmm. build in those relationships Mm -hmm. that we build with patients. I think that's just uh, amazing. And I think in your particular practice, uh, that, that is just uh, a testament to how well you've done and how well, uh, we treat patients at Salser, and caring for the generations has always been kind of a theme that we have and you get mm-hmm. to witness that firsthand. That's yeah. pretty, that's pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah. Are there that's any so. stories that come to your mind as far as particular, um, treatments that you've been able to really help someone or a particular patient, you know, a story that comes to mind that really just, you know, inspires you?
0: Um, well, just sometimes, um well, through that wellness visit or so and the exam and, and you find something that's doesn't feel right. And you send and they, you know, have a cancer that, that, um, they can get taken care of early. Um, um yeah, I think that,
2: I think those are the ones that are, uh, in, I've had similar experiences. So, so you're just doing a routine exam and you find something and you're like, well, this isn't right. And mm-hmm. they didn't complain about it or anything. But then you're you're able to get them, hey, you need to have this Mm -hmm, testing done, mm -hmm. and then you find something and you can treat it now instead of five years later where they would not have survived. So I think that's 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 pretty pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah, that's
0: pretty cool. And really just does kind of emphasize the need to be checking in with your doctor Mm and to have that relationship. Yeah. And not that, you know, every type of cancer, can we we find it early, unfortunately? um, I think there are advances being made, but... But there are some that um the exam we can find. So Yeah.
1: So what and are some tests. other um common things that you see coming through your clinic? Oh.
0: Backaches. Oh really? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um and and really I think most of that is um just from our lack of exercise and okay. and sitting too much and you know, and and doing things incorrectly. So um, so what kind of recommendations do you give then? Um, I, well, I have handouts or I tell them to go to certain websites, um, for, for exercises, you know, stretches, ex- stress, stretching exercises and, um, you know, walking.
1: How much activity should we be getting each day for like an adult, let's say somebody in their thirties,
0: forties, fifties, you know, what's the recommended amount of physical activity? about, um, 30 minutes a day. Okay. But if you don't have that, you know, to do it every day, you can do it longer. Um, some days, some people will do, um, you know, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. Um, there's even been found to be, um, improvement with diabetes or triglyceride levels. If you will walk for 15 minutes after a meal, you know, the meals. And so, um, people can break it up or they can do it in bigger, um, bigger amounts, but about 30 minutes a day.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. And you mentioned, well, I, I think about, you know, exercise and how we're doing it we want to have exercise. Does your, does your posture and how in your form when you're doing exercise, does that have an effect on back pain at all? Like your actual form when you're running, for example? Um, like if you're there are correct,
0: there are definitely correct ways to do it. Um, and, um, So your your mother's adage of stand up straight is very (laughs) true. Right. (laughs) I mean, this
1: is just random, but I remember one time I actually got the gumption and did a long distance race. I did Mm -hmm. this half marathon a few years ago and, you know, I was coming up the Hill and I was kind of proud of myself. I'm like, I'm going up the Hill, right? Like this is hard. And, and then this lady passed me and she was 30 years older than me at least. And she was in cutoff jean shorts and she just looked at me like, and she's like, oh, you're not going to feel good tomorrow. And I was like, what's wrong? She's like, your form, it's terrible. Right. I was hunched over, I guess, or something. And so (laughs) I, so I just always wonder if, you know, if we need to have, you know, a particular way that we you know, our our posture when we are doing our exercise. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm not a runner, so I'm not <laughs> Dr. Hay,
1: you're a runner. <laughs> no, I gave up running a while ago. Okay. <laughs> I switched it for a
2: much more sedentary sport, golf. So no, that's what I do. <laughs> Hey, that's good
1: stuff. That's good stuff. So with spring and we're outside and we're doing yeah. things, we're playing golf and different spring sports. What are some mm-hmm. of
0: the the potential, you know, health issues or, or injuries that you see during this time of year? Well, make sure that you have, um, good shoes and good arch supports in your shoes, um, and get out there and don't try to run the marathon in your first, um, your first session of running, but, um, build up your, your endurance and, and activity and, um, and consider walking, swinging your arms to get a full body exercise. Um, yeah, that's great. How about you, Dr. K? What do you think?
2: Oh, uh, so, so I, I think that, that those are the most important ones. The, uh, gradual buildup. Everybody thinks as soon as it's warm out, you're going to go run, uh, you know, like two miles, that's not going to happen. You shouldn't mm-hmm. do that. Stretching exercises before mm-hmm. you start and after you finish are always very important, uh, for everybody for preventing those injuries Definitely. and recognizing injuries early, rather than just mm-hmm. trying to tough your way through it. Uh, getting the care earlier will help you recover faster rather than, uh, doing serious harm to yourself.
1: Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic.
2: Do you have any other questions here for, uh, um, so the only other question had, so, so I know we're, we're moving into a, another, uh, arrangement, uh, with BVA, which I think is very exciting in the future, uh, and looking forward to trying to, uh, expand the different, uh, types of services we can provide. Going back to some of the things we did before physical therapy imaging, do you see that as a, as an advantage uh, in how we're able to direct our patients and deliver care to our patients?
0: Oh, I think so i'm I'll be happy to have um, labs that we can do directly yeah. in the office um, provide more um, immediate care, get our answers back right away yeah yeah, yeah. I think it's I'm really happy.
2: I think it's it was it's a really important part and I think it helps our patients so much to be able mm-hmm. to give them the answers then and direct them the correct way so so I think that's a good good future yes, for us too. Yes. That's yeah.
1: awesome. And, um, yeah, it'll be exciting to watch what's ahead for you and your practice and for salser and mm-hmm. for the treasure Valley and just moving forward and seeing how, you know, this provides new choices to, to, uh, patients and really, um, helps us get a further understanding on healthcare and more transparency and, and, and just, you know, improving, quality, it's good, but keep going and, and move in that direction. So, um, healthcare is, it can be complicated. There's your life. You've been dedicated to it and made a lot of sacrifice. So I guess the question we're just asking everyone here on the show is it was what makes it worth it?
0: Definitely feeling that, um, I'm making a difference in patients' lives. Yeah.
2: I think that, that, that aspect of it is always what's at the foundation, which goes back to what are we doing this for? It's for Mm -hmm. our patients and And we receive rewards for that and our patients receive rewards when Mm -hmm. we're able to provide that. So, which I think it's just, just tremendous. So that's, that's the perfect answer. It doesn't get better than that. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you, Wendy. Thank you. You've been listening to the healthcare podcast with Dr. K and Lindsay. Join us again for our next episode, as we work toward increasing understanding and transparency in healthcare.